the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable Dynasty perspective. He's Skyler, I'm Wyatt, and today we are joined by a very good friend of ours we affectionately know as Toronto Dave. He's here rocking the Toronto Maple Leafs sombrero cowboy hat <laughs> type of situation going on. You can find him on Twitter at TorontoFF8. Dave, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to have you here, uh, Skyler. How are you doing? You know, um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to get, have a conversation. I'm midst of a, you know, daily migraine type thing. I'm ready to just talk some football get, get to it. and then take a nap. Yeah. Well, as always, before we get to some football, we like to have a little fun with our guests. A little would you rather type of question personalized to our guests. Now, Dave, we talk a lot about food and the food we like to eat, right? So for you, I want you to pick one cuisine, and that's the only type of food you can have the rest of your life. Chinese, done. Easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put a lot of thought into this before, 100%. <laughs> it, was, it was between Chinese and Thai would be the next closest one. Those um, are great choices. I, I like Vietnamese. I like, uh, yeah, I like Southeast like, Asian in general. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, but Chinese, yeah. hands down. Love it. Love it. That was a nice, easy answer, right? To <laughs> With that, why don't we just jump right in to some players. First player, Debo Samuel, having a fantastic year. He's wide receiver three in total points, but he's wide receiver two in points per game. He's arguably been the, like, the best running back on the roster, too. <laughs> uh, he's like the perfect example of a guy who is you know injury prone until they're not. Right now, you know, been healthy all year, killing it only 25 years old you know he's uh, third year in the league just killing it dave how are we feeling about debo so he's it, it's a little difficult for me because his production is so 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 high so i don't know how i value him compared to others um so in terms of uh dlf uh dynasty league football i've been using their their adp a lot um, he's wide receiver 16. So I was always, I've been debating if I should rank him top 12 or not, like a wide receiver one or not. Um, but to me, he seems pretty appropriately ranked. Um, just to rattle off some names quickly, I'll, I'll do it quick. Um, he's behind um, DeAndre Hawkins, McLaurin, Cup, Deontay, and, and uh, Chris Godwin. So I would have a hard time putting him above any of those guys. Um, but he's ahead of T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Amari, Judel, Judy, Waddle, Claypool. The only one that would be questionable for me would be if he should be, if T. Higgins should be ahead. Um, but generally speaking, that's about where I would value him. So, like, I don't know if that's low or high compared, like, compared to you guys, wide receiver one or not yet. Yeah, I've got him at 14, and I think him and T. Higgins is a really good conversation to have because I think coming into here, you know, everybody had Higgins above Debo, but only one of those guys is really producing right now, and that's Debo. Uh, so he's, I've got Higgins at 17, Debo at 14. Skylar, where are you? Yeah, I have uh, I have Debo Samuel at wide receiver 13, and that's and he's been climbing up faster than yeah. anyone in my rankings. And T. Higgins actually has been dropping a little bit just based on, 
you know, health, lack of production, really, really being a clear second option in that offense. Uh, whereas for Debo Samuel, I think he seems to be the guy that's the catalyst for that team. Like when they want to get things going, they're going and they're finding Debo, they're manufacturing to whether it's in the screen game, the running game, downfield, he's doing a little bit of everything. And what we liked about him in the off season as like a safe wide receiver three floor guy uh, is is still there, except he has the ceiling I think none of us predicted because he's, he's just doing yeah. everything. He's getting downfield, he's getting touchdowns, um, and I think pretty solidly, Brandon Ayuk seems to be the second fiddle to that offense, and you know he's he's more of a focal point than even a George Kittle is to that team. So so for me, I, I have Debo Samuel comfortably ahead of a guy like T. Higgins, and if I'm a win-now team and I have T. Higgins, I'll, I'll make that trade easily, like in, in a heartbeat. Um you know, the spot I have him is right with, like, the Chris Godwin, DJ Mark Cooper Cup tier, you know, Terry McLaurin. Like, the guy's right there. If you have a guy, a team that has Debo and they're, for some reason, not competitive, I'll I'll move, you know, you mentioned T. Higgins, uh, you know, Devonta Smith. Uh, I'd even consider maybe a DJ Moore. I uh, will see how he does maybe Ooh. another week with Cam. But no. <laughs> I'm just if yeah. you're if you're looking to win now, it's, he's in the same kind of discussion as a Cooper Cup, where you yeah. can't argue with his production. We're ten weeks into the season. That's that is more than just a little small sample size. Like correct, we're talking an entire season. I at this point, he's very solidly wide receiver one for this year. I mean, I have him at thirteen because again, we're just talking this year. There's um, some concerns, maybe how it looks in future seasons with. Maybe Ayuk getting more involved, maybe with Trey Lance coming into this offense, but I'm not. You know, I think 13 is a safe spot for him there um, because I mean, you've seen him; he's even done it a couple of times. Lance has been on the field, so very confident in what we're seeing from Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, he's as tough as nails. Uh, the injuries will always be scary, but again, if I'm going to roster a San Francisco player, I'm always scared of injury. Um, but yeah, at this point, I don't if. If he's still in your 30s in your rankings, like he was in the off season, or even your 20s, uh, you're behind the game. You'll have no, you'll have no shares of Debo Samuel. Yeah. Can I say one last thing about Debo? Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so made a lot of great points, Tyler, and I agree. Like it's nice to see that he's the focal point of the offense, which is something we didn't really expect, I guess, or most people. And he's shown more than the short uh, air yards guy. Like he can run routes and stuff, and he could rush. So uh, he's just proven more than what we've seen so far which is nice yeah if dave i heard you react uh you know when he mentioned dj moore's name real quick like uh where where are you on that and is it team dependent or do you just no matter what have one or the over the other uh the reason why i reacted not was not to question it it was that i never thought about it and it was right. closer in my it was closer than i expected to, yeah. to think because before it was dj more easy but now um, like on a contender, it'd be hard not to have have a Debo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I react. I actually reacted the same way when Skyler said that. It was like it never even really occurred to me until he said it out loud. That was like, oh yeah, I think I might actually rather have Debo if I was competing than DJ Moore. And yeah. I never thought I'd say that. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy. Like in the off season, I have one league where I, I took over somebody's orphan i was just making like i was making trades left right and center just to like make this team kind of my own and Debo was a guy that i was 
wasn't as high on as others in the offseason. You know, he wasn't, he was a guy, I liked him when he was there in your startups in the ninth or 10th round. But if he didn't follow to me there, or a couple guys that had in the same spots were still there, I might have gone that direction. But I got my only share. I moved, I got Debo in a third for Tower Higby in a second. And that feels wow. so good right Ooh. now. <laughs> like Debo, getting Debo for essentially a second. Like if you're talking what he's worth in the market right now, I'm thinking we're talking. You know, if, if I am going to drop down to T. Higgins, I'd, I'd probably want a first on top just if what I'm looking for people, but you're not going to get that. You, you might get that from a team that's that's winning right now. You know, um, you know Elijah Moore, a guy we might talk about a, a little bit later, but like that's a guy, if I am going to move Debo, I'm somehow not winning with him. Get, I, I would want Elijah Moore plus a first, and I think if it's a team that's, you know, um, looking to win their chip this year they might just make that move because they're expecting a 111 a 112 and um we don't know when zach wilson comes back if you know ajimore will be giving you 20 points a game like he is now so that's how i'm handling debo if i have him most situations at least just a hold because we're talking about a guy that's a locked in wide receiver one but none of us had him as a wide receiver one in our dynasty ranks it just always seems to me unless somebody's going to overpay which is you like when you said dj moore or T Higgins and a first, that's what an overpay is. Like if you're going to pay at market for a wide receiver two, you know, that is giving you the wide receiver three, it's a clear wide receiver one production, it's just a hold. Because I'm not moving that piece unless somebody's way overpaying and he's 25 years old. So really no reason to sell just to sell. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Elijah Moore, our next player who's been playing really well as of late. He's had at least 10 half PPR points in his last three weeks, which with having two 20 point games in those, including 25.6 yesterday. And he actually leads the jets in targets over the last three games as well. You, you mentioned Skylar uh, really kind of picked it up after Zach Wilson went down playing better with Mike white and Joe Flacco. But, you know, you said earlier in the year, you know, wait until week seven before you try and go get Elijah Moore. Cause he's going to, he's not going to perform in the beginning of the year and we're going to see it start to ascend. So you kind of called this one. Why don't you uh, give some more, give some more background to that? Yeah, it's actually interesting. We actually had a recording on, let's see. It was, it was right before that week seven game when he scored, you know, what was that? He got not, nah, he got his first touchdown, right? So, um, you know, going into that bye week, he had like 12 fantasy points on the year in like five games. <laughs> and like we briefly mentioned him was a guy I'm like coming out of the bye, you know, a rookie wide receiver that we at JWB, we all believed in the talent of Elijah yeah. Moore, um, you know, more than consensus. So like he's a guy, if you don't get now, you know, it might not be a guy that is going to be very affordable moving forward. And right now, coming off like a wide receiver one finish, he had this past week 27 points. I think it'd be very, very difficult to acquire. And he has a, a sexy schedule coming up. Like rest of the season, he's got some juicy matchups. Houston, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville. You know, some games where he could keep doing his thing. I mean, the real question mark is the quarterback play, right? So Zach Wilson yeah. is back in there. What's that going to mean for him? And But if he shows anything with Zach Wilson, that rapport, like – it's it's all all forward with him because that's the quarterback <laughs> for the future and the wide receiver for the future, you know? Um, I think right now, I mean, I still have him worth more than Corey Davis to me. I'd rather have Elijah Moore long-term as the guy in that offense. Um, 
weirdly, he's probably still acquirable for like two seconds and maybe, you know, a positional need somebody has, like a tight end. I still think to the right manager, that's where that's where he could be. And I don't see him as strictly a rebuilding asset. I think that's my favorite part with Elijah Moore. Like he is a player I want on my contending teams, not necessarily to even go in my lineup now, because even when I'm winning, I like to look, you know, look look forward. You got to set yourself up. You, you don't have to, yeah. you don't just have to be old because you're in win now. I think some people Correct. lose sight of that. And, um, and I also do like to say, just because you're in win now doesn't mean you have to move your first. But if you are going to move your first, uh, as a win now team, Elijah Moore is the kind of guy I'm looking at. If somebody thinks this is where they can capitalize, right? He's coming off this huge week. It's with Joe Flacco. It's it's not sustainable. Um, I will I will be offering my first, maybe my first and a couple thirds or first and a positional need for Elijah Moore in a second. And I bet that gets accepted in a lot of spots. Um, in pure value, I would trade a projected 111 or 112 for Elijah Moore straight up. So, um, you know, and the main point here is to remember for Elijah Moore, just remember the name because in drafts coming up next year, I will be curious where his startup value goes. And he could be a guy, if he doesn't finish the year strong, that kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. It's like, oh, he just had that five game blip in the middle of the season, you know? Yeah. I think Elijah Moore is one of those players where even coming off a big week, like he just had, I'm good with still trying to go to acquire him because he's an ascending player who I really like as a player coming into the NFL. And like, even though you might be paying up a little bit for where you would have had to pay a couple weeks ago, it's nothing compared to what you probably have to pay next year. You know, after he finishes the season out likely strong because he is an ascending player who's a talented player. Dave, what do you think so, about Elijah Moore right now? He's a little, he's pretty interesting to me because um, I was never so drawn to him before he came into the league. Um, not to say that I thought he was bad. I, I thought he was good. It's just, I was more interested in uh, players around the same range, like uh, Rondale or Waddle. I was just more intrigued by them. So I didn't put much uh, thought into Elijah. Um I wouldn't give a first for Elijah, but that's just me. Like that's my personal, it's hard to think of things objectively versus my personal uh, belief. So if I was giving advice, I I probably would give a first for Elijah if they, if they believe in Elijah. Um, Me, I'm still skeptical. So on my teams, I don't think I would, but that's just because I I just don't know much about him. Um, Like uh, I shopped rondale for a first to half my league instant decline every across the board which was interesting which i kind of glad because i I like rondale (laughs) (laughs) um but like elijah versus let's say Kadarius tony um if i wasn't i think i'd rather tony which is most people wouldn't i don't think like we had it's that discussion. Hard. We had that discussion on this show a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh-huh. When, when we were talking about the buy for Elijah Moore, we were talking about moving on. We were saying Tony, basically Tony or Moore. And Wyatt was saying I might be leaning Tony. And I said they're very close, but I'm probably leaning more. So it's right. it, is, it is a really good name to bring up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, and it was interesting because you know, Tony had that he's had that huge game. We've seen mm-hmm. like, he's had a game that very few players are able to have in the NFL. And then he disappeared i mean he's dealt with some injuries but it's like what are the giants doing that a player has a game like that and then doesn't really see 
uh, as much opportunity after that. So at, the, at that time, it was, well, it looks like, you know, Tony is the future, but now I'm not so sure. Now I'm back on, right. well, the same, okay, I'm, the I'm same back to thing, Elijah Moore. The same thing could happen to Elijah Moore. He could, yeah, fall, it's he, true. he could fall off the face of there for the remainder of the season. And it doesn't change my perception of him, just like my perception of Tony hasn't changed since his blow-up game. And Elijah Moore's blow-up game this week was bigger than Tony's blow-up game, Yeah, actually. so. But yeah, that was a good name, Dave, because it's like, if you were already siding Kadarius Tony to Elijah Moore before, you know, when they first came in the NFL, like you probably could still be there, right? I mean, just, as you said. Right. Uh, one last one last thing. So uh, with Tony, I was pretty often coming into the NFL, but then he looked really good in, in the NFL with his game. So I 180'd. Elijah, mm-hmm. I'm about the same. Um, it's just with me, my league mates would likely value Elijah more than me. Not to say I don't value Elijah, so it just be it would be hard for me to acquire him. That's all. Yeah, yeah well, that makes sense. Well, the beautiful part with Dynasty, right, is there's a lot of projection, right, and it's including your own personal thoughts on players that's banked into the trade market, and that's what makes it fun, right? You get to take your shots on guys here or there. Uh, my only comment for your your Lee mates there with both Moors is I think in most most seasons in recent history, maybe not the last two seasons. But in most seasons, both Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore would have been going at the end of your first round in rookie drafts already, right? So saying you wouldn't move a first for Elijah and people won't move a first for Rondell is just surprising to me because despite them going in the top half of the second round this year, I think in most years they would have been in the first. Agreed, so, agreed. But if the perception is he's not a first-round guy and that is maybe – influenced by a little recency bias with the strength of these draft classes and the depth of them um then that's where i'm saying if you want to offer your first for like elijah in a second i feel like that's a free second you know so yeah i think it's i think you're right that's a good point yeah why don't we move on to our last player for the day jalen hurts has more QB one weeks than any other QB in the NFL so far. Something I didn't think was going to happen personally. I still have some concerns about Jalen Hurts as a passer, but he has impressed me. Uh, I think he's improved as a passer so far, though I still think he has some ways to go. Uh, but I really like what Philly is doing with their offense right now. Uh, they basically just showed against the Saints that they can run on anybody without an issue, uh, the way that they're they're performing. And, you know, I was kind of pessimistic before the season that he couldn't be the future of the, of the Phillies uh, as a QB. I, you know, I wasn't really sure that they were going to invest in him, but the way they're winning right now, if they keep doing this, it'd be hard for the Philly to move on from Jalen hurts. Uh, Dave, what do you think about hurts? I love it. So (laughs) (laughs) see the smile on my face. So (laughs) hurts hurts might be the, the biggest player that I was, defending or supporting for the for a long time since end of last season um but i'm i'm really open to what uh what you guys have to say because i know you guys are are more skeptical than me it's hard to be as in on hertz as as i am um okay so (laughs) for hertz um it's just i think he's appropriately ranked um like again just to cite dlf i hope it's okay that i'm citing dlf absolutely um he's dynasty uh qb 13 for adp um and that's about right for me like he's behind trey lance which i think i'd rather hurts which is people think would be crazy but um like i would rather hurts over tua which also people might think is crazy but 
Um, in terms of Philly moving on from him or not, I still think it's very possible they can't. I'm not denying that they won't, or I think they'll keep him. Or I think it's the better thing to keep him, but that's just my opinion. But they do have three early first round picks. I think three first right now projected within the top 15 or something like that. So they very well could take a QB and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think he's done enough to show that he should start somewhere. Um, so that's just my perception. Um, you got People have different views. People think he's just a backup or whatever. Um, I think he's shown enough that he, that he should start somewhere. Um, and also, I don't think this draft class is very good QB wise. Like, uh, Matt Coral uh, is the only QB that I would say is a better prospect than, than Jalen Hurts. So it's just, if he's there, then I could see it. But if he's not, then I would think Philly could build around them. But I'm open. I, I'm not denying that they won't drop the QB. It's very possible. It's just what it is. Yeah, I have him at QB 14, so I'm pretty close to that. Uh, but I really like what you brought up about this coming year's draft class at quarterbacks, because that really does influence this, is that it's not looking quite up to where we thought it could be. And mm -hmm. that could really influence Philly's decision. And they may just say, hey, we like Hurts more than the, all these guys coming in the NFL. Why don't we use those first round picks to build around him and maybe make him our future? And if that's the case, we could really see Hurts, uh, you know, start to ascend. Uh, Skylar, what do you think? Yeah, I think with Jalen Hurts. Um, so our take with him it, coming into the season, right, as a collective, was basically he cost you a rookie third pick. And we were always touting whenever you can take those gains in Dynasty. Over time, when you're trading actively and you're doing a ton of trades, they add up. Even if some don't work out, you just take the gains, take the gains, take the profits. It, it, it pays out over time. Um, if you're only doing one trade a season... It doesn't work like that. So Jalen Hurts, we're saying if you're an active manager who's taken a lot of trades and his 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 value spiked up to like two firsts. And they were saying, you got to take that. Or if it was a Derek Carr and a first, you got, I'm taking it. I'm taking it every time. And I kind of still fall on that, right? And it's not, I'll preface, it's no hate on Jalen Hurts as a play. He's, he's, I, I enjoy watching him and I'm always going to be rooting for him. But I think... This take I have is more is going to be more narrative driven than the numbers because you see the numbers he's the QB one right like for redraft I was like yeah take your shot this guy could be though could be the quarterback one and he currently is the quarterback one but speaking long term you know unless if you are a team that is competing to win this season and you have Jalen Hurts in which case just take him and go try your best to win uh, I think he I don't think he is a rebuilding asset you know just because he's young. Um, I can just see right now, like let's say Philly even gets to the playoffs, right? And then he has a dest a destructive playoff game. This Philly fan base is just going to rip him apart. They're very forgiving. They're not going to give a crap that he's had four games where he showed improvement in the middle of the season. Like when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, they, the, their patience for him is not going to be there. He's not going to get the same amount of chances that a guy like Carson Wentz got just in the, in the eyes of the organization, the fans. And them having all that draft capital, I think they will more project. Hey, hey, rest of the league. Hey, Houston. You see how you see how good Jalen Hurts is looking. He's showing improvement. We have three first round picks this draft, and Jalen Hurts, and you've got a problem on your hands. Give them to us, right? I really do. Could I really could see Philadelphia using this 
to prop up Jalen Hurts more for the trade market. And if he does get moved, I think that's your best argument for Jalen Hurts is outside of Philadelphia in a spot where he might get two seasons to like have a chance, right? With Philadelphia, I think he's more trade bait than anything right now. And uh, if I can still get, you know, two firsts or, you know, a first and a starting quarterback, I'm probably taking it. Um, if a win now team has Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson on their roster, I'll take all of those players over Jalen Hurts on my dynasty team right now. Um, you know, some people I'd be curious, I'd be curious to see where people would prop him versus a, uh, like a Trevor Lawrence right now, or what the difference would be in a trade talk if a team is, is, uh, winning now, maybe they had Ryan Tannehill and, and, uh, and Trevor Lawrence. And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, I might want to move Trevor Lawrence and upgrade Ryan Tannehill or something like that. I would be curious what that discussion would look like. Um, I think the worst thing for Jalen Hurts would be staying in Philadelphia. I could see them drafting a quarterback. And then even if Jalen Hurts has a job starting in the next season, I could see early in the year, his first couple bad games, you have some awkward situation. <laughs> the organization makes me uncomfortable because I was a strong believer that he was not the plan. And I think even when a player overperforms, a lot of times organizations, it will take a stupid amount of success for them to yeah. devi deviate from the plan. And I think uh -huh. when this new administration came in, the plan was not Jalen Hurts. I called him the sacrificial lamb of this <laughs> of this new regime, and I'm, I'm still sticking to it, despite how well he is doing. Yeah, so Dave, now as the resident uh, truther for Hurts will say, what would it take for you to trade him? What are you looking for? Like, what 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 type of offer would someone have to make to you before you would trade him? See, I was going to pose it to you, like, what the most you guys would offer me, because I have Hurts in two out of my four dynasty leagues. And it would take a lot for me to uh, trade trade him away, just because I believe in Hurts more than market. How are um, you doing on those two teams? Uh, middle of the path. Uh, one... one leader first one middle of the pack if you're middle of the pack and i offer you mac jones and a first as i'm one of the top teams what are you doing keeping hurts that's keep going keep going other, other <laughs> oh, it, and it's just like that's what where i might two two and a first Tua and a first hard hard not to take Tua, but see it's, it's funny you bring up Tua because Tua is a guy that i don't believe in more gotcha. than market so it's it's a it's difficult. It'd be hard not to, but what about like a Justin Fields straight up? I'm a competing team, and I want to go for this year. You're you're pulling on my heartstrings here because <laughs> it's hard for me not to not to keep hurts honestly, which is ridiculous for most people. I'd be laughed at, but like it's not that crazy. I mean, they're close for me. I I prefer Fields, but they're yeah. not that far apart yeah. right now in terms of value for me. Yeah, it's just with me, I, I don't think Hertz's job security as a starter, Philly or not in Philly, is as uh, questionable or risky as I perceive it um, relative yeah. to others. Like, uh, it's just I think he's shown more than enough to start somewhere at least next season. Um, and he just has such high-end production that if he's rested this year, and I think all the next year really, or most of the next year, it's hard, it's hard for me to, to give him up. It's just too much upside, and I about assess the risk 
less than other people. I still think there's risk, but other quarterbacks in the same range, like Tua has risk. Um, but yep. the draft it's, capital is the big thing, is that he doesn't have the draft capital. So teams aren't as tied in, but... It, it takes... If if I have him on a winning team right now, yeah, it's going to take the stupidest overpay to take mm-hmm. him off, whether or not I believe in him or not. Like, if I'm winning, you don't move a guy who's the quarterback one if you're going for a title. Um, it's more talking when you're middle of the pack or at the back. Right. How can right. you use this found goal maybe to propel yourself forward, you know, and put yourself in a better position in the future? You know, to me, let's say this year, next year, you're probably not going to be the guy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think David actually sound like you uh, should be trying to go get Hurts on the teams you don't have him already because you <laughs> you're so so faithful in him. Yeah, but you know I think that's gonna wrap it up for this show. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. It was our pleasure. Before you get out of here, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, there's one thing I want to plug. It's the uh, JWB Fantasy Football Dynasty Digest. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are excellent and it was an honor to to, to be here um i don't really do much content i don't write articles i don't have my own show or podcast or anything um but uh just on twitter an unreasonable amount (laughs) Um, so yeah no i have nothing to plug just just very thankful for you guys to have me on yeah thank you for joining us again make sure to follow dave on twitter at toronto ff8 he is a great follow even though he doesn't produce content, doesn't mean he shouldn't be because he knows what he's talking about. For Skylar, you can find him at the FF Buffalo. You can find me at YB underscore FF. You can find all of JWB's content at jwbfantasyfootball.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow everywhere. We'll see you next time.